This episode of the Mike on Much podcast is in partnership with Jameson. Good things come in threes. Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman, and I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, who's crushing some egg bites over there. Is that what's going on? I am, yes. Yeah, they look delicious. Off mic, I'm eating them. We also have on the dials, intern Erica, all four of us in the studio, uh, unlike the previous episode. It's good to have all four of us like here. It. We're doing this at a lunchtime uh, pod, mm-hmm. hard out of one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to bang this out. We yeah. actually moved it up. We were supposed to do this after work. Well, what I, what I call work is what Shane and I do during the day. Yeah, I was like, what are you guys doing this afternoon? <laughs> That's what <laughs> he just, we sit down, he's like, eh, what are you guys doing this afternoon? I'm like, we have this thing called a job. <laughs> um, Why, what are you doing? What were you going to ask us to do this afternoon? Well, I was, I was wondering if you want to play basketball maybe at like three. Oh. Nah, man. We got. We got to work. You got a job. We got to do. Have to be we got to do desk. it. We got to do it. Speaking of basketball, you also said just before we started recording that uh, you're going to a basketball. Yeah, game I'm going tonight. to a game. Um, yeah, we got invited uh, by our label, uh, Universal. They um, they invited us to the game, and I think we're sitting in a suite. The whole band. I think minus Tony's going to go. Tony's uh, gal, Scarlett, his birthday tonight, so oh, he can't nice. come. Shout out to her though. But it's funny. Uh, this is just like a really like a hilarious uh, insight into like. The brain of Nick Dyka. We we know Nick. Nick <laughs> love Nick. Nick is like my old neighbor in Hamilton. He's, he's such a beautiful guy. Very like interesting too, and quirky in his own way. Inside and, and out. Inside and out. And I he, feel like we're getting to a however. No 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 no. This is just a funny insight into the way Nick compart- compartmentalizes things in his brain. Yeah. So it's like. You know, everybody sort of has roles and responsibilities within the band. And my job part of partly is like doing some, some more of like the schmoozing and the glad handing and the hanging, which I don't mind. You're the mayor of Arkellstown. That's right. And and so this thing came up where it's like Universal invited us to a thing. And sometimes the whole band shows up. But sometimes it's like, oh, just send Max. And that's good. Everybody that's, and no one has a problem with it. And by the way, I say that Nick is the best team player. He's like no ego. Like he literally will do whatever makes sense for the team. So then um, I had sent in a text group, guys, like, come, like, you know, they want to see us. It'd be fun. And like, we're sitting in a suite. It's like free booze and drinks. It's like, let's, let's go. This is going to be. The Raps are playing Philly tonight, which is actually, if you follow the NBA, a very good game. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. And so I'm, I was at the Great Cup uh, in Hamilton. I was watching the Great Cup in Hamilton with, with all of our, with the Champagne Boys, a bunch of like pals. Did, did you hear about this event? No. Oh, sorry. Shit. Uh, <laughs> fuck, oh my god. I didn't organize it. Uh, so there was Why, a text is it group. a surprise for me. Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, anyway. It happened last night for the, for the Great Cup. Yeah, the Great Cup. Oh, we went to Academica and watched the game. So who's all there? What city's Academica? In? It's in Hamilton. <laughs> I live there. <laughs> but uh, I live in Hamilton. Yeah. I don't. Know. I didn't organize it. I Wait, just showed up. List the. Uh, oh no. Not suspects. You stepped in it now, brother. Uh, fuck. Uh, Who is it? Uh, Julian was there. Okay. Uh, Peak was there. Yeah, Peak's a close friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Psycho was there. Okay. Uh, Sean Dawson was there. I just had Sean on a podcast. And he mentioned that actually. Uh, Nick was there. Mike Mike D was there. Jay Kelly was there. What's the idea? Legs was Legs was there. Brent uh, Foreman was there. Wow. And for our listeners, wait, we wait. don't know any Brent of these people. Our but- friends. Dad went, yeah. but I wasn't invited. Listen, there's a text group. There's like six people in this text group. I didn't look at who was invited. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Wow. Anyway, fuck. I really stepped in. Now. You really yeah. did. So um, 
So then, I, so I'm like, so I told the guys, guys, everybody come to this thing if you can make it. Anthony, you can't come. We're talking about the basketball game. Talking about the basketball game, not the Super Bowl or the Great Cup party that Shane was excluded from. So, so then I'm just about to leave to hop on the bus and uh, to come into Toronto because I didn't want to do it this morning. And Nick goes, "Hey Max, what's this uh, this thing that we have to go to? Like, do do I need to come to this thing?" And then I just like announced to the table, I'm like, "Hey guys, just for, I just want to let you know, this thing that Nick is apparently burdened by is a free Raptors game." Where we get like free food and drinks, and this is the thing. He's like, "Well, I don't know. It's just not a thing that like I have to. I have to go to this." I was like, "Nick, this <laughs> is like this, as far as like schmoozing hangs go. It's like this is like kind of as good as it gets." Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, but anyway, so but Nick kind of put it in the compartment of like, "Oh, this is a thing Max can do." But I was like, "No, no, just come and enjoy yourself at a so basketball game." You're begging game. him to go, and he yeah. Won't go. Yeah. I don't even get an invite. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can talk to Nick about it if you want to take his place. All right. Yeah. Am I unlikable, Max? You're very likable. Okay. You just don't want me around at No, a, no, no. Uh, I think I, we've gone over this before many times, Shane. The issue is is that you have very limited uh, windows to hang. I just hung out with Peak last week. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, said, he said, oh, so we can do this. I go, yeah, just message me. He goes, I will. <laughs> he did not. Yeah, shit. You hung out with Jared Diggs, I heard. I did. I heard uh, you, you were supposed to have a meeting about the J.R. Diggs Christmas show, and then you asked him, when's the last time you got laid? And then that conversation asked, lasted for three hours, and nothing was discussed. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And then the, the, owner of the, <laughs> the owner of the bar came up, and we got talking about his personal life, and he, he's, um, he's in a relationship with a woman who's in her mid-40s, but she has a daughter in her early 20s, and we were just grilling him like, for a million dollars, you have to sleep with her to, oh, save, to save your girlfriend's life. Would you do it? But, <laughs> but we, we just came up with all these ridiculous scenarios. It's one of the dumbest, most fun conversations I've had in the longest time. That's great. And I realize it's very inappropriate, but this guy was down, and I got the impression he would be okay with it so (laughs) with what i don't know just gave up that vibe you know real me about weird stuff vibe so then um anyway i hop hop on the bus after uh that hang last night and this guy comes up to me i forget his name but he uh he's like hey big fan of the pod i'm i'm uh i'm i listen to all the episodes and he comes up and we're it's a double decker go bus this is like last night at like 10 o'clock and he's like hey but i know I know you don't like to talk to many, anyone on the bus, <laughs> so I'll just sit over here. I'm like, all right, thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Because there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to get done, and so he got it. But then we shot the shit for a minute, and it turns out that he – I was like, oh, what do you do? And he, he worked in Queens Park for an MP. I was like, oh, who's your MP? And he didn't say – he said the name, but I didn't know – I wasn't familiar with it. But he said, you know, I like to listen to your guys' pod because I feel like you give a really – uh, good even keel like uh, message when it comes to your politics and I feel like I can listen to you because I and he, I basically he was saying in a way that suggested that he works for a conservative MP. Mm, interesting but he's like I like you he's like you remind me of David Axelrod and he, again <laughs> he was just totally pandering to me because he knew he's like I listen to the Axe Files you do and then because he knows that I like that pod um, but really really sweet guy and I told him to listen to this Dax episode that I love Dax Dax Shepard armchair expert had um, did you listen to the one with Jonathan He's an author. Um, let me just pull it up right here. Jonathan Safran Foyer. I haven't yet. What's good about it? Uh, he's just a really uh, smart, like easygoing guy. Kind of righteous, but not hitting you over the head with it. Uh, it was just a really delightful conversation. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then I looked over. Uh, he was on the, the in the seat the aisle over, and he was listening to the podcast. So shout out to that guy. 
Shout him out. Does yeah. he got a name? First name? Uh, I, he told me to twice and I, and I forgot. Well, we know he's listening. So yeah. So, thanks for listening, yeah, thanks and, for listening. And we're glad that we yeah. can keep you company on mm-hmm. that commute. Yeah. Anyway, I really dominated the open here. Uh, it's okay. We're all over the place. We're talking about what was going on last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our beloved hometown Hamilton Ticats lost in the Grey Cup. Yeah. Uh, I, I popped in for a quick second and just kind of watched the a couple minutes of it. Yeah. I'm not a big football guy, so mm-hmm. I was kind of, you know. Where I, did you pop in? Well, like, you know, kind of like maybe the second quarter no, for he was a second. No, like, I was mean, it Academica? Was, he was worried about that. You didn't go to Academica? I did not go. Right. No, 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 no. Did you know about it? I was aware that there was a gathering in Hamilton. How did you yeah. become aware of it? Well, I don't know. Are we naming names? Uh, there might have been an invite <laughs> list. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, me and Dan uh, knew. We just we weren't going to come in from Toronto. but Right. Uh, I went to a basketball game with our, our good friend Julian Foreman last Monday. Mm. Oh, he told you. And it came up at that point. But I, I'm like, there's no yeah, way in hell. It's not I'm like coming. you live in Hamilton. No, you wouldn't come, come back on a weekend. Yeah. Also, I spent the entire weekend uh, dadding out. Mm, uh, right. Danica had a, a bachelorette party, like an all-day sort of Saturday thing. She was gone like noon till like the wee hours of the morning. And Did she get in any trouble? No, I think their 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 trouble's very fun. Like she had a good time. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like I, I was saying to her, her day was like she was describing it as like they did like this sort of like um high tea, and then they had like manicures and pedicures, and then they had much like different this, than our bachelor. Party. I was gonna say like, and then they have this like be- beautiful like Italian restaurant like sort of like tasting menu like experience, then like uh like karaoke and El Conventrio dancing. It's like it's all planned out, and I was saying I'm like you know I'm like you're explaining like how your whole day starts at noon and it will go till I'm like. Our version of that is everybody would be so loose by like the time we got to the dinner part that everyone would just be like, let's just skip the dinner and, move. <laughs> you know, let's just stay here or wherever we're having fun. It's like, but I felt like her and her friends will actually stick to the schedule, which mm-hmm. I, I envy on some level because I feel like all of our stuff falls off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but so she had a great time. And That'd Sunday. be crazy though if they all fucked different dudes though. Oh yeah, it could have happened. <laughs> Did it you say well. fucked different dudes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> if it happened, I don't want to know. <laughs> I was busy looking after the kids. So yeah, all Saturday and Sunday, uh, she was doing bed, bread baking on Sunday. Or maybe now, Max, you've got me thinking. I don't know what was going on Sunday. Uh, she did come home with a loaf of bread, although maybe she's having an affair with a bread maker. So anyway, uh, we ended up, it's a perfect cover. Uh, so I... So yeah, anyway, I me and Winona <laughs> spent uh the whole weekend together. So I was I was out of commission mm. as far as like, you know, fun things that you do with friends and other adults. It was just like me, her, some Wiggles tunes and a lot of hanging in the city. Nice. Shane, how did no no cell phone Sunday go? It was good. Yeah, did yeah, you do, I like do it, it successfully? Yeah. I I did uh this isn't related to cell phones, but it was kind of I had a Larry David esque moment at the uh grocery store. Mm. Because uh, Lou has a – her favorite doll from daycare is a black baby. Okay. So, <laughs> so we we bought her a, a black baby, like, to hang around. And she's at the – I don't know why, but she's like, baby, baby. Like, she's at that age where she really is into dolls and black baby. So we <laughs> we bring it around to uh, the grocery store because Lou will hop out of the grocery store cart. Even though she we have her secured and everything, she's pretty wily and she can get out. So to make her sit calm, we have her with the baby. Mm. And it does create a lot of awesome attention. Like we get a lot of people coming up to us out of nowhere like, oh, she's not scared. And, and all the, like people like of color will come up to us and start a conversation how they like to see stuff like that. Oh. And so we're kind of proud of it in a way. But it was always like Indian people or Asian. It hasn't been black people yet. And I was wondering how they would take it. Mm. So we're in line and there is a black guy behind us with his daughter. 
and he taps his daughter and he points at Lou. But all of a sudden, Lou, and she was kissing the, the doll earlier. She starts smashing it, oh, no. beating it, and then throws it at my crush, right, right at my crush. I'm like, ooh, and it goes on the ground. And I'm like, no, Lou, you, you got to be nice to your baby. It's your baby. Be nice. And then I go give her a kiss. And she goes, no, and then throws it on the ground again. Oh, no. And then I, I put the, uh, the baby in the back cart so she can't reach it anymore. But then she starts crying because she wants it so she can continually beat it and <laughs> chuck it. Oh, no. But the guy, like, I don't know his personality or anything, but he didn't seem like he was having any of it. And then we're trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. But Alex drops a thing of pickles. So it explodes all the glass of pickles. <laughs> so we're there for even longer. And Lou's going nuts. But she wants the baby only so she can beat it. So it just went so long. And then we're rushing to get out of there. And then at the end, uh, the guy's like, as we're leaving, he goes, hey, and calls me. He goes, you forgot something. And he points to the ground. And the black baby was on the ground. So I had to go back and pick it up oh, from the guy. No. I'm like, wow. thank you. But I just felt like an idiot. And I had another instance like this on the weekend where things Lou normally does, she did not do when I needed her to do it most. Uh, you know? <laughs> what was that thing? Now you got me curious. Well, we went to, I, I had to take her to get her shot mm. and I didn't know, but they give her a little bit of like an intelligence test or a progress report. <laughs> okay. And I was a little bit hungover because I had a ping pong tournament the night before, just a little bit hungover. Anyway, she's like, the woman, she's an RN, she's like, oh, how many words can Lou say? I'm like, 40. She's like, oh, wow. Like, kind of impressed, but kind of thinking I'm lying. She's like, does she know where her eyes, ears, nose are and everything? I'm like, oh, yeah. She's really good at that. And then she goes, where are your eyes, Lou? Lou, where are your eyes? Lou's just like, Ugh, And she's not <laughs> doing anything and seems like the dumbest kid in the world. Yeah. And then, I, and then I'm like, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, trying to sing the song. But Lou's just like, <laughs> just being the dumbest kid. And then... She's like, oh, how is she with toys? And opens up this toy chest. And Lou's never seen these toys. But Lou grabs a block and starts hitting herself in the head <laughs> with the block. And I seem a little dumber because I am hungover. And this nurse also advised us not to get pregnant again after Alex's miscarriage. Mm. And she's like, oh, saw you got pregnant again. Uh, we're like, yep. She's like, just couldn't wait, huh? I'm like, nope. <laughs> And then, so she just thinks we're just idiots. Yeah, the whole family. Yeah, yeah. And we're lying about how talented mm. Lou is. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was like the second instance that Lou kind of failed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> That'll be the episode of the, the title of the episode. <laughs> this is the second instance of Lou failing. Yeah. <laughs> but normally, she's she is very good, and on the spot, she will do what you want her to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. That's e funny. Erica, nice. how was your weekend? It was good. Yeah? Yeah, it was pretty chill. Um, I saw Manager Ash at the grocery store. That's right. You guys are in the same neighborhood? Is that the deal? Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty close. We're both in the East End, so. And that was about it. What, what were you getting at the grocery store? <laughs> uh, last night I made salmon mm -hmm. with a nice the creamy dill thickens. sauce. Wow. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to add some energy to a very boring story. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. This episode of the Mike on Much podcast is supported by Jameson, where good things come in threes. Let me take a moment to talk about the remarkably smooth and unmistakable taste of Jameson. Maybe I'm relaxing in my living room, listening to my favorite record front to back. Or maybe I'm hanging in a pub with friends, having a spirited debate. Or we could be in the middle of recording a podcast right now. Whatever the case may be, I like to have a glass of Jameson in front of me. 
Jameson Ginger and Lime, or Whiskey on the Rocks. It all tastes good. Over 200 years of courage, craft, and a collective appreciation for taste in one drink. Jameson, please drink responsibly. All right, should we move on to topics? Let's jump right in this. So our first topic today is paywalls, just paywalls in general. Uh, You know what online subscriptions are we paying for? Uh, What is the the morally right thing to do when it comes to sort of paywalls? And uh, do you feel guilty about not paying? Or what don't you feel guilty about paying for? This is sort of the way we're, we're viewing this. So I guess in general, people seem to get very upset when something they previously got for free ends up going up on a paywall. So like there's a lot of like sort of um, newspapers that do this. So it's like in the first, in, you know, as the Internet became uh, sort of the more viable news delivery source as opposed to sort of like a hard copy paper, people would get stuff like the Toronto Star or the Sun or the Globe and Mail on line for free those uh newspapers now charge uh for a large majority of their newspaper including the hamilton spectator uh you were going to say something yeah the the reason why i put this um subject in the group was that i got a a text from molly hayes who is our guitarist mike d'angelo's wife she's a reporter for the globe mail she used to work at uh, the hamilton spectator and out of the blue we don't text a ton but she said max rant warning Nobody's, nobody subscribes to local news. Every asshole under 40 reads The New Yorker and The Atlantic and The Times, but nobody gives a fuck about their local paper, and they're all <laughs> shutting down, and we're all absolutely going to be fucked when nobody's watching our city halls or holding our police or politicians to account. Make young people care about this. Subscribe and post about it, and they will too. If they're willing to get 1234 tattooed on their arms, they should be able to cough up $10 a month to support basic boring democracy. And then background, the star just shut down all their metro papers yeah. across Canada. Critical local news outlets shuttered. And I was like, I was like, I love this so much. And I told Molly, we're going to get her on the pot. So this is this is part one of a series. We're going to bring her on of how we can get people a little bit more invested uh, financially uh, as well as in their souls uh, to subscribing to local uh, journalism. It's twelve thirty four, like a gossip. No, no, it's a l- eleven. Lyric it's a, a, you know, 11, 11, 12, 34 Kell's lyrics. She's saying if your listeners oh. are willing to tattoo your lyrics onto their bodies, she always jokes that like I always whenever anybody gets an Arkell's tattoo, she's like, she's like, I can't believe like because she's doing serious work, and then like we're doing this sort of monkey business, and mm-hmm. people are getting those tattoos. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, this is really good information. It's, getting, it's, getting, it's really getting me thinking. And then she goes, LOL, poor Mike was the first target of my rant. He's like, look, if you want it on a T-shirt, old Mikey is your man. Otherwise, talk to Max, <laughs> 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 which I appreciate it. So uh, anyway, it just got me thinking about like uh, how we all participate in this economy. And uh, yeah, and uh, so I kind of wanted to start. What do you guys... Uh, uh, subscribe to when it comes to any form of entertainment and, we, and that can include streaming so let's go through music let's go through video like platforms and let's go through news sources erica let's start with you and by the way you're you're young and you don't have as much money as we have yep. so it's okay if you are embarrassed but maybe she has more disposable income are you going to get into house poor again? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm house poor. You don't know what it's I own like. two houses. <laughs> we live in a mansion. <laughs> These are quotes from Shane over the last month. Uh, um, okay, I pay, I have an Apple Music subscription. Yeah, that's what, 10 bucks a month? Mm, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, my parents pay for the Netflix subscription yeah, share. that that's we all share. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, I have a Globe and Mail subscription. Oh, good. Good for you. And I signed up when I was a student. Most newspapers, most national and local newspapers, will give you a student price. Mm. Much cheaper. About half price. Um, I also pay for the New York Times. Mm. And I think that's it. 
Okay, Mike. Do you pay oh. for your cell phone bill. Uh, I do. Yeah. Nice. Um, I I actually still pay for cable. You do. I have a cable Whoa. package because the only thing I watch on TV is sports and news. So yeah, you gotta have that. You gotta pay for the cable. Uh, no, I've really too. weaned off of it past couple seasons. Yeah. Um, and I pay. I'm trying to think. Oh, I have an Audible subscription. Mm. Hardly use it. I should yeah. really cancel that bad boy. And um, yeah, that's pretty much you find it. Find it hard to <coughs> listen to the books. Yeah. Because you zone out, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you retain way it's, more. It's by reading. different than a podcast for sure. Yeah. But. Mike, what do you what do you listen to? And subscribe to? I subscribe to Apple Music. Yeah. I did the family account, so I stream music on Apple. I have a subscription to the Athletic, mm-hmm. which is a, a sports. Uh, app that i enjoy reading my wife has a subscription to the new york times so i use her login for yeah. that one uh i have netflix i ha- i do pay for cable as well all you know because again because all i really watch is basketball um i don't subscribe to local news and i feel bad about that but i do you know it's funny like there's a lot of sort of like open links but yeah i guess there are stuff where like say there's some fascinating read i want to do on like a, a local crime or something and i hit the link to the star and then it's like, oh, you need to subscribe to go past this part. I just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Because I don't think it's <clears throat> pertinent information. And I certainly, it's not enough for me to be like, oh, I should read this. But inherently, I know the value in these institutions and why why we need to pay for them. And that if we don't pay for them, they won't exist. You know. But I've never subscribed to a newspaper. It just kind of passed me by. Because again, I was saying off the top, I'm in that pocket where... Um, all of my news for years was free, right? Like it was all online for free, but somebody obviously has to pay for those reporters and for the infrastructure. So when they all started to move to a paywall in the last five, four or five years, I just kind of stopped reading the random articles that would come up or stuff that people would send me, you know? Mm-hmm. The problem is they need an option, like a one-off, where you could pay 50 cents to just finish the article. But it's people don't even want to put in their credit card information and do the whole rigmarole to do well, all that. Well, that's the next thing I want to get to. So we, yeah, we're going to get solutions in a second. But Shane, what do you subscribe to? Netflix, Crave, Apple Music, uh, Prime. Mm-hmm. No uh, websites? Uh, no. Cool. No. Nice. What about you, Max? Uh, I, New York Times. Uh, I, the thing is, I, I can't keep track of some of them. And so I was like, do I subscribe to the Global Mail? I think I do, which is one of the problems I want to talk about. Uh, I do uh, The Athletic. I do uh, Crave, Netflix, Apple Music, and Spotify for some reason. I do both of them. I feel like because I'm a musician, I should have access to both just in case there's one that has something the other doesn't. Um, and... And the New Yorker as well. Yeah. But uh, my cable also comes with Crave, I might add. So it's mm-hmm. part of my package. So I also sure. subscribe to Crave, who are a great home for the Mike on Watching Conversation with TV show, which you can go check out right now on Crave. All eight episodes mm-hmm. go on. So I, so now I was trying to think. It was like, what's a practical solution? And by the way, I'm sure they've been trying to think of practical solutions for like the last decade. Like, how do we keep this? But I, th- I feel like one of the issues is that the login information thing is just so fucking annoying. It's like if I can like pay for anything on my phone with a tap, why do I have to like give all this login information to? What do you the- mean? Well, it's just like if you you're, if you're signing up for like the Globe and Mail or the Toronto Star, you have to like give them your email address and a password and a bunch of shit. And that always and then I go, oh, do I have a do I have a Toronto Star account? I don't know. Okay, this is annoying. Okay, on to the next article. And we'll send your password to your email and go in and then reset your password. And yeah, all that I bullshit. just wish. Yeah, there's. I feel like in the modern age, it should be a little simpler to. You to should subscribe. just be able to swipe, mm-hmm. it, and all your information's in your phone. Your credit card information is attached to your phone. If you want to sign up, swipe. 
And then you, with that swipe, you agree to all the terms and services and you're swiped on for the month. If you want to swipe off, swipe off. That month will still charge where you. Do you. Where are you swiping physically? On your phone. Like, like, or like a tap? I don't know. Somewhere, something where uh-huh. the Toronto Star, when they offer it to you, they give you a swipe. That swipe signs you up until you unswipe it. Yeah. And then there should be a list on your phone of everything you have swiped on. That mm, you have all sub- your subscriptions. All your subscriptions mm, are all lined up. And then when you're like, ah, I'm not using Audible, swipe off. Part of the reason people don't want to sign up is Erica's probably like been avoiding unsubscribing to Audible because she's like, do I? How, how do I do that? Like, it's tricky. And yeah, then, then that's one of the reasons why of, you don't yeah. sign up. That's part of their models. They, well, once you're bird once, you're like, oh, okay, I'm you're just like, I'm taking the bath on Audible, but I'm just not going to sign up willy nilly to things anymore. to anything else. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, oh, I, you know, I'd like to try to subscribe to the Toronto Star because maybe that's a good thing to do. But ah, uh, but what if I don't like it and then I forget to subscribe and then it turns out I'm paying. Nine dollars a month or whatever, and we don't want the guilt of thinking we're paying for stuff that we're not using. We don't have a good mental list of everything. If the list was physically in front of you, of here's all your subscriptions lined up on your phone. You're like, okay, I have eight subscriptions. Uh-huh. I'm gonna unsubscribe to this that I don't use. Let's say I haven't used Headspace in three months. Yeah, unsubscribe to that. Sign up for the Toronto Star and just the swipe. Yeah, and then I know, oh, I can just unsubscribe and resubscribe. Webby D is definitely going to like send us a link going like you guys, it's in your phone. <laughs> yes. well, yeah. make, that happened last time. Yeah. We'll yeah. make it super easy for yeah. dummies like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you don't look at your phone or your statement, like your bank statement. And you're like, holy shit, I'm still paying for audible. Fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What's, um, what's an ideal amount per month that one should maybe consider an average person should be spending on media consumption and i'll and include music entertainment and news in this one thing. you know that's so but, yeah but i wonder if philosophically like i i understand molly's point when she's like you know people will subscribe to the new york times or they won't subscribe to local sort of journalism you know and local journalism obviously uh, uncovered or at least reported uh very well and accurately on the whole rob ford saga as yeah. that was happening like we need we need these things to happen, but I almost wonder if there's like um, an interest issue. Do you know what I mean? So, you, like, like people now are more consumed by entertainment. They're more like, I'd rather watch The Bachelor than find out what's going on with my local politics. Yeah, you know, like, <clears throat> like, are would people today read the newspaper the way that people did twenty years ago and like go that? through front to back and be like, it's like you're only going to read what you're interested in. You know, it's like, okay, am I interested in the local news? Well, if it's a murder, that's salacious enough for me to sort of like. I almost wonder if we as a people have just gravitated towards things that frivolous entertainment. Yeah. yeah. So then I so then when the ask is, it's like like I almost wonder, and this obviously isn't fair from a business model to go like, yes, we need these institutions to stay here, and we need the news, and we need good reporting, and we need investigative journalism to uncover, you know. Uh, uh, injustices and things of that yeah, nature corruption, corruption. Yeah. thank you so it's like it's like but are people willing to pay for that because it's mm-hmm. just almost like it's almost it's almost like um it's not tangible it's like it's only real when it happens and there's only a real scandal like I, it's just like if you're asking people to spend 5.99 a month they're going to spend it on an app where they can watch a bunch of seasons of friends instead of like learning about an alderman who has been misappropriating funds. And that's just the nature of people. So I wonder if they have like a, but you could just be getting general information about your city and the comings and goings and the entertainment going on. But who pays for it? Like, wouldn't you rather, cause you can get it for free and elsewhere. Like you can get, you can get sports. Where do you get local news for free? 
well you're within your, about your city like uh, i would say like headlines on twitter so it's like mm-hmm. if you want to read in-depth stuff now and when you say local news like what are people watching are they watching chch or cbc which is like a national news which is is free in this country if you have a television or an internet well okay then this leads me to the next question which is like okay if a local reporting is a is a public service should this be included in our taxes we pay mm-hmm. the cbc in our taxes it's like should should we move to a system where it's like uh, a part of your taxes are going to go to fund local news coverage because local news coverages are the people that hold the gatekeepers accountable. Like, I was like, maybe that's the model. Like, something needs to change where it's just like, we are supporting these watchdogs, right? Like, but people used to buy the physical papers. People have always been paying for No, but, but, but Mike's, to Mike's point, there's been a shift in the culture where it's like mm-hmm. people just don't want to pay because there's all these other things going on and, oh, I could probably find it for free and there's there's just such the a newspaper, clutter of stuff. The newspaper model in the past too is there just wasn't as many sort of Entertain- of entertainment, yeah. entertainment options. Mm-hmm. Now it's like we're so inundated. Like Erica can't even watch The Bachelor anymore because she's in. It. Like it's like, are you going to sit down and spend an hour going through the whole newspaper in the morning? I don't. I don't know. Some people will. I just don't know if it's at a large enough scale that it could fund three major newspapers in this city with multiple journalists on staff. Now, like we can argue whether that's like sad or not good for society. But I'm more just asking what the reality is. I think just make it very easy to pay for, get the price point right. It was like no one was paying for music before either. Then Apple made it extremely easy to pay. Yeah, yeah there, there, there is did. a practicality issue, which I just think that like, I, you know, I know there's been complaints that some of the dinosaurs that run these media companies just like haven't just don't get it because they came up in this newspaper system. So they're like, they don't understand how tech works. And there's like practical things that, you know, could be done uh, to make it easier to pay for. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a cultural thing that needs to happen where there needs to be like a point of pride. And I don't know if this may be lofty, but like it's like a point of pride. And it's like, oh, yeah, it is part of our culture that we all assume that we're going to pay $10 a month to get local reporting. If every single person in Hamilton was like, no, I'm going to give $10 a month mm-hmm. to the Hamilton Spectator, that would be an incredible That's a lot, though, and that's unrealistic because yeah, no, people are paying nine ninety nine for Apple Music. So yeah, but, I but, say a buck. Make it a buck. Everyone will sign up for it. They'll be like, yeah, yeah it's $12 a year. Yeah. And then you might get a couple hundred thousand people signing up. Yeah. I think maybe it's the medium, too. Like, If I'm thinking about most of my friends my age, how they consume content from like the new york times and from cbc it's mostly podcasts Mm. no one's really reading so much online anymore i don't Mm -hmm. at least i don't think like most of what i talk about with my friends it's like did you hear that cbc podcast did you listen to that episode of the daily like you know the daily is such a great example of like the new york times like has turned their news information source into like a podcast that's Mm -hmm. listened to by millions and millions of people and really like sets the tone of the day in the way the new york times used to so i think that's another problem it's like some of these smaller papers that aren't maybe quite as forward thinking haven't got around to like realizing that so hamilton should start like the hammer the podcast for Hamilton. well maybe these local news stations like would be a little bit more successful if they had yeah podcasts as opposed to trying to type Mm -hmm. and print papers still yeah, if everybody in Hamilton knew that, like you'd get like a daily dose of Hamilton, like on your phone every morning, mm-hmm. or something yeah, like that would be that would be pretty cool. It is. I'm cool. sure they've thought about this, by the way. Well, yeah. and it also, it always comes down to resources. Of also, course. well done. Like the daily yeah. is so well researched and well written and well uh, spoken by that guy that does the daily, Michael like, Barbera. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's like it, it, it. It's like it's always easy to say, "Hey, why don't they just do that?" And then you yeah. listen to whatever the version. Of the he's daily a world class talent who moved to New York to work for the New York Times. He's clearly the best at what he and probably makes yeah. an amazing salary. Yeah. It's like so you're going to ask somebody that's already only making you know 30k a year mm-hmm. to now also do a podcast on the side and it's just like i don't i don't know if we can do it on a buck a person 
maybe you could. I don't know for Hamilton's sake. But no, th- that wouldn't be to, for the charge of the podcast because no one's going to pay a buck for a podcast. No, for the newspaper though. Like, how? What is that staff? Do you know what I mean? Like, what? So if if it's a buck a person, and then that's twelve dollars a year, and you were saying what two hundred thousand people sign up, it's like, I don't know. Like, that's not even a staff of three or four. But it's better than nothing. Yeah, in theory. <laughs> no, definitely, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I guess. Well, because the other thing about news is it's like. It's like the quality of the reporting and sort of like the, the, the adherence to ethics in reporting and sort of like unbiased sort of reporting. It's like it's like if you're just going to throw in like whoever's willing to take the job, who knows what the, 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 the quality of what you're getting is. Do you know what I mean? Wait, now we're talking about the quality of the reporting that you're getting for paying for the dollar? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm just assuming that they're high quality people at The Spectator. Yeah, there are, because right now they're getting paid. I mean, Mm -hmm. but it seems that's dwindling because the star just let a bunch of people off. I I don't know what the answer is going forward. See, I think give give it to people for a buck. Just nice little starter fee like Netflix was $7.99 when it came out. Then people get in the mode of reading the paper every day. They're like, oh, it's a buck. Slowly inch it up. Slowly jack it up. And the people who, there'll be a fall off, but overall you might get a better profit return. Yeah, there's also maybe something you said for like the YMCA model where it's like, here's what we here's what we want you to pay, but if you can't pay it, you can pay this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, if you Based are- Based on your income? Yeah, and I wonder, and I, there's all these like sort of like uh, greater society, like psychological nudges that you could have. So it's like, if you're like, if you make under 35 grand a year, if you can give us $1 a month, that would be a big deal. If you make between 35 and 75 grand a year, like we think you should be paying six dollars a month, and if you make over eighty grand a year, you should be paying fifteen dollars a month, or, so, or something that's just like, please, like we trust you. Check off the box that applies mm-hmm. to you, and we'll add it to your credit card. We can swipe over, as yeah. per Shane's suggestion. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, but I do think there needs to be some psychological shift in the culture about what it, what it means to be paying for stuff. And and I know I talk about this a lot on podcasts, but this is why. Good, smart government oversight is important because a good government nudges you in the right direction. I'm gl- really glad we have the CBC. I'm glad we – I know there's a lot of people who want to defund the CBC, but I think a lot of Canadians really value and cherish what the CBC does for reporting on news in Canada. And we have that because somebody says, oh, you're paying for that in your taxes. And that's a thing that we all have just come to accept. Some people don't like it. Most people think it's totally fine. What do you feel bad about not paying for uh, oh, good question. No, it's true. No, it's, it's a great question. Uh, I think I, I, I was like, do I have a Toronto Star account? Do I not have a do I have a Global Mail account? And those are two things I feel like I should be paying for. Mm-hmm. Hamilton Spectator, too. I don't have a Hamilton Spectator account, but I know it's kind of connected to the Toronto Star. I was talking to Dan Hamilton about this. He's like, it annoyed him that the, the Spectator is owned by the Toronto Star people. but So he subscribes to the Star, but why doesn't he get the Spectator for free or at a cheaper rate? And he thought that was like... Um, those things add up. You know, yeah, what? it's like the, those, those things do add up. It's like in the, in the user from a goodwill from a goodwill standpoint. Yeah. That's I mean, not like monetarily, but if you're if you're him and he's like, oh, I'm also getting the spec with this for this price. I don't like that's the sort of savvy thinking uh, that would maybe make people more inclined to actually take part. But yeah, what do you feel bad about not paying for Shane? Well, I was watching a TED talk actually recently with Jenna Hayes. Who's that? Porn star. <laughs> don't don't play dumb with me, man. <laughs> actually, didn't. <know. laughs> But she's just oh, saying that the up. industry. He was actually as he actually meant TED Talks. So he didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows who the hell Jen yeah. Hayes is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she was just saying, oh, no one pays for porn. Everyone mm. gets it for free. There's a it's a very like grueling job. These mm. women are putting their literally like their their bodies on the line. Every, every, <laughs> I don't know if it's literally on a line, but it's definitely on a bed. Uh, 
So anyway, uh, and it got me thinking like, oh, yeah, like hypothetically speaking, I don't pay for <laughs> porn at all. And I was thinking the main reason is I share a, uh, a bank account with my wife. <laughs> That's the main reason. So every purchase is shown. Oh. So I was thinking maybe they need to come up with um, something that maybe is very easy and disguisable mm. in there. Hypothetically, I wouldn't do it. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to be like some, yeah. some noble, righteous name. Just being like uh, the Better Learning Center uh, for for young men or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you watch free porn, Max? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Wait, can we not talk about it? Can we not talk about it? No, okay. Uh, well, this is actually a great segue. <laughs> What? No. Uh, I will say though to ra- to wrap uh, this conversation, I am after have this conversation. Uh, I'm going I'm going to subscribe to one of the uh, Toronto newspapers. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, we are going to uh, have Molly on the podcast, and we invite uh, user feedback. Tell us what you like to uh, subscribe to, and how we can fix should, this problem. We should put out a poll too before she comes. For anybody who has any questions about that. Yeah. She's any the expert. And so yeah. maybe we were getting some things wrong. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She's going to listen to this podcast. Like, you guys are fucking yeah. morons. Yeah. You have no idea what you're talking about. I was trying to be smart. Yeah, no, you were. You were oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you were great. Um, all right. So the next subject, I think this actually kind of is a great segue into the next topic. Yeah. Because it has to do with someone with revolutionary ideas. Okay. And we're going to have a special uh, phone call segment in this uh, in this segment. So you can set it up. And then I'll We're set up calling someone. Somebody's. We don't. You're springing this on us, producer. Max. Yeah, I know. I know. I know Let's but, do it. But oh you set up the God. topic, and then I'll. Then I'll get okay. Uh, so the second topic for today uh, that Max sent is about the uh, creator of WeWork. His name is Adam Newman. Uh, he's a millennial prophet, uh, <laughs> as described. Uh, I think probably by himself. <laughs> millennial uh, prophet. Yeah. He. So he's he's an, he's an interesting character uh, who is sort of. A classic, um, I guess, you know, everyone saw the Firefest doc. There's a certain personality type that sort of dreams big, uh, uh, speaks in bold proclamations, and it's almost like if you can see it, you can be it. And it's almost like you wonder if their success comes from their sort of natural ability to get people to buy into whatever their idea is, but then that also can end up being their downfall. So the reason this story is so interesting is at one point, I believe WeWork was valued at like over $40 billion. And it is since now, he's this guy has sort of crashed uh, uh, spectacularly. He lived a very lavish lifestyle, traveling around private jet, uh, six homes him and his wife had. His wife, uh, coincidentally or incidentally, is the first cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep. So anyway, that's neither I here nor there. I can't recommend this Vandy Fair piece enough. This is where we we're getting our story it. from. Oh. Yeah, so it's uh, Inside the Fall of WeWork is the name of the piece on Vanity Fair. So you can really get an interesting, in-depth look at this guy and sort of how it all went wrong and sort of the madness that uh, that sort of happened around there at uh, the direction of him and sort of, I guess, due to his personality. But uh, who are we calling? Well, now you no, well, is it Adam Newman? No, can you imagine if we got him on the phone? And I think he's in a dark place, judging by this Vandy Fair piece. But um, there's so many like belly laughing moments <laughs> in this piece. I just want to read a couple quotes. They saw Newman as a millennial prophet who did shots of Don Julio during meetings while preaching about the dawn of a new corporate culture, one in which the beer and kombucha flowed and MacBook toting employees would love coming to work. I was like, that is an amazing fucking sentence. Now, here's another one. Investors were shocked by WeWork's spiraling losses and that the company had spent millions on Newman Vandy projects such as a wave pool company and a startup that sold turmeric coffee creamer. 
What's wrong with that? <laughs> That's like mad lib shit right there. Newman was a, a college dropout with no commercial real estate experience and has a uh, and a business track record of having launched two failed startups, a company that sold women's shoes with collapsible heel <laughs> and a line of baby clothes called Crawlers that featured pants with knee pads sewn into the leg. That's amazing ideas, Max. <laughs> Though, if you have a kid, you know the first thing to go on those onesies is the knees. I'm always thinking, man, I, they should have knee pads on these things. Well, fuck That's he, a genius idea. <laughs> but uh, it is. And imagine wearing heels, you're a woman, and you're aching after the day, and you're like, fuck this. And you got to switch your <laughs> shoes, and you're putting shoes in your purse. If you could just push a button. And well, it, goes, it sounds like he needs Shoo. some investors right now, so you could raise some money for it. Eric, him. is this a good idea or no? These heels that collapse. I can't imagine they're, they look good. No, but let's say They've they gotta did. They've got to be ugly. you got to start somewhere. Let's say they did look good. And they collapse perfect, push the button, and they're basically like Reeboks all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. I don't all know. All right. Well. That could be nice. Yeah, for a wedding or something. After reading about Adam Newman, Shane, would you go into business with him? He sounds like a very charming, fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> but but now you know, though, that uh, you know things seem to go uh, south with this guy. See, I only got to the good part of the movie when, like, what, what's <laughs> right that? Now? Like, how you like me now? Like, I only got... <laughs> Like I was, I listened to this by the way, because they give you an audible option. So I listened to just when things were going fun, and they were describing him in a very fun way. And I was just thinking, what a great lifestyle that would mm-hmm. be, and him and uh, his paltro wife. wife. Yeah. Like yeah. it just seemed awesome. Oh well, okay. So the, after we had this phone call, I want to talk about like you know who uh, who who uh, resembles this guy in our life. Sure. Uh, that we know, and just are you asking because you know the answer, and you just want us to say it? Kind of. Okay. Uh, but but anyway, the WeWork does, isn't a thing in Toronto, is it? WeWork is right on uh, Richmond. It there's, is. There's one right beside the Bell Building. Okay. Well, I wanted to go straight to uh, the horse's mouth. We have a friend uh, who uh, li- works at a WeWork in LA, and so we we wanted to know if the company culture. He does, he he does work there. He's not a WeWork employee. Just to clarify. Yeah. Wait. You know we're doing a call in too. Matt Unsworth. Oh, exciting. So he doesn't work for WeWork. No, no, he, he uses w- the space. Yeah. So for people who don't know, WeWork... The number you have dialed is not... Wow, when Max is running things, it's really uh, <laughs> top-notch. You probably have to dial one before. Mm, okay. <laughs> Nine, three. But I just want to know if the vibes were as good as people said they were. At, at sure. WeWork. So for people that don't know, WeWork is a communal working space that you can just go and do your work. Right, right. It seems right up your alley, Max. Yellow. <laughs> hey, Matt. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Uh, did I tell you why we're calling you? You said we were. Oh, yes. Okay. I did tell you that. Um, First yeah. of all, Unzi, how's it going? I This has been sprung on me. I didn't know we were calling you. This is such a nice delight to hear your voice. <laughs> right back at you, guys. Um, and you're going to be here. Like We're entering December. You're going to be here from L.A. soon, right? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. I'm trying to figure that right now. I think I'm going to uh, come around maybe the 19th or something like that. But okay. yeah. Amazing, because the pub crawls, I think, on the 21st. So just make sure your dates line oh, up man. with that. Um, I'm definitely there for that. So we won't we won't take you for too long, but uh, we just want to know, what was your experience working at uh, the WeWork office? Is it still around right now, or has it shut down yet? Uh, I'm, I'm still there. Uh, I'm going there like probably in like 20 minutes or so. Nice. Um, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty, it's pretty crucial, because I just can't work at, my ho- at home at all. How much do you so, pay for your desk? So, I've done like a diff, like pretty much all the different levels, but uh, right now I'm back at the hot desk, which is like you just sit anywhere, kind of in the building, and that's three fifty. 
Three fifty a month for a desk. And what other services do you get there? <laughs> you get. And it sounds a bit high, but it's worth it. You get coffee, water, uh, beer tap. At least here you get a beer tap. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, you get a beer tap with unlimited beer? Yeah. Come on. Like the keg's always just yeah. full? Oh, it doesn't sound it's too bad, full. does they it? They close it at like 6.30. Uh, but uh, you can just you can get, I mean, you can get hosed during the day, which might be weird, but there's Are you hiking uh, in Runyon Canyon right now? <laughs> Yeah, I am actually. I knew it. I'll, I'll, I'll slow down. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there kombucha? There was. It used to be kombucha, but then they switched it up for beer, which was the best thing they did. Mm. And what other types of people and are working I, there? So um, he's out of breath right now. A lot of schemers. A lot of people scheming. Mm. Uh, a lot of like startups or like super small businesses. Uh, but all the way up to like people who have offices with like 20 people in it. Wow. What so. is the worst part about WeWork? Like thing that you would improve? <laughs> uh, I can kind of, I understand why it's kind of falling apart and stuff. Cause it's super unorganized on the other end. Mm. I'd say that's probably the worst part. Like I got in tons of fights with them for, um, I had like a, actually an office there for a little bit and there was like filling things where they like, just would like take money on my bank account. And be like, whoops, sorry, we screwed up. And then they wouldn't put it back for like two months. Hmm. Things like that. It just seemed very disorganized. Um, and there's definitely a weird weird vibe right now there where everyone's just waiting for it to shut down. Did you read the Vanity Fair piece on Adam Newman? Uh, no, is it recent? I think it just came out today, maybe. This it's very or yesterday. Good. You're going to oh. like it. Yeah. That's oh, what prompted this call. Yeah, so um, what I'd like you to do, Matt, uh, just before I sign off, when you get to the office today, I want you to go to the Vanity Fair website and print out uh, the article and post it around the office <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> and, and, and take video evidence of you doing that and send it to us, okay? I just want to see how they will react at this moment in time. I also think you should uh, have a couple beers before that keg gets taken out of there because <laughs> it doesn't look like oh, things yeah. are going to be happening for long. It's just like movie pass. I'm just going to just take every single free service I possibly can until it's over. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So please document, yeah, what, what the next week looks like at WeWork and, yeah, post that article around. Did it say, did that article say something like, the, like I've heard tons of stuff about it being like it's, it's his final days, but was it very, like, um, very sure in that article that's like shutting down soon? Yeah. It's, it's been a real calamity. Like it went from basically like being valued at like $40 billion and then within like two weeks, it was it's like bankrupt. Well, I think essentially like under new management, like they tried to push him out. They gave him like money to leave the board. So either they're going to figure out how to make it work without him or they're going to say it's actually cost too much money and they misrepresented the potential earnings and they're just going to collapse it. So it could go either way. Get those beers. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely drink those beers today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much. appreciate our L.A. correspondent. No LA correspondent. Let's All yeah. Right. You know, let's over the next coming weeks, let's document the downfall of WeWork. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys an update next. Yeah, week. and next send week. video and, and pictures if there's anything interesting. Okay, we'll do. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. All right, good talking to you guys. See ya. Later. And for listeners, check out Matt's podcast. Heist. Heist. Great podcast. Uh, yeah. So, so um, 
you know, it's so funny because you hear about these stories with uh, this guy, Adam Newman, in these meetings where he's just very, like, charming and charismatic and how he could basically, like, win over the most successful and rich businessmen in the world. He'd be like, yeah, this is what we're doing. And people were just like, sort of floored by his charisma. And sometimes when I'm in, in the board of directors room at the Maple Leafs games, I think I could do that right. with some of the big leagues could. there. Yeah, I, think I know, but I but I don't uh, – it's, it's, it sounds like it would be very fun just be like, yo, trust me on this. But then the, uh, there's a big part of me that would be like, I'm full of shit. I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I wouldn't be able to actually like push through with an idea. Mm. But do we, who do you think of our friends could really do a good sell job on someone? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the nut? <laughs> Maybe. Do you think so, Max? Um, the nut would be very convincing. Uh, he's got a more a better moral compass, though I'd say, <laughs> than Adam Newman. Than Adam Newman, and that doesn't seem too hard. Uh, listen, the thing with people like this is there has to be this sort of blind faith in what they're selling. So it's like, could 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 like could you performatively go in and, and convince somebody to buy into what you're doing? Yeah, if you had sort of like a sociopathic like sort of um like most people are scared of letting other people down, especially if you're going to invest in them. Mm-hmm. So what I think would like preclude ninety eight percent of the population from going into a thing and saying this is why you need to give me twelve million dollars for a startup. This idea for these balloons I have is actually going to revolutionize balloons. It's going to be the greatest thing. Kids and it's not about balloons. It. It's, it's not. about the world. It's about the world and how you felt when you were young and when you saw a balloon. Yeah. And then some and then somebody will go, look, I'll give you that twelve million. And then it's like you go, Oh, I gotta deliver. Those people always believe they can do it, mm. even to a delusional level. This gets back to fire. That's not dude. sociopathic if you believe it. It's only sociopathic if you know it's bullshit, but you do not. Well, care. what is the psychological the diagnosis then? What's it called? Yeah, what's because, that? What, what is it called when delusions somebody... of grandeur? Is that what it is? Yeah. Hmm. But I the, the, to me the sociopathic thing comes in where it's like they don't like it's like there's another human being sitting across from you and yeah they might be super wealthy and you're trying to get their money but and if some you of these think people, you can help them and if you think it's actually going to be profitable you're not being a sociopath but i think you're actually trying to help them but i think some of these people literally have 10 things going on and it's like ooh the balloon sold you know and it's like they're not necessarily concerned if they lose that person's money i think they just they're like yeah if it works it works cuz I, I i there are people i know like this where they're like they're like no that will work and it's like i believed in it at the time it's like yeah but you also had nine other things that you believed in i'm doing air quotes and it's like any like reasonable person that actually like has a sense of empathy for the person that's going to invest in their project and maybe they would say well that's dumb of you because those people are sharks as well and they earn their money some way and there's this whole game that's being played i think there's a whole game being played constantly at that level where there's a lot of sort of like a performative sort of art to it and then like fronting like you totally believe and i think those people are convinced in and of themselves that they can actually accomplish those goals but i don't think they always believe in the i think they believe in themselves not necessarily what they're selling and And also the relationship with like real world consequences is very odd because i just don't think they have they just don't think there are any real world consequences this is what i'm trying to say so when it collapses and maybe this is to your point what you're saying shane the sociopath thing is when it collapses a lot of them never are like I really fucked up. That was bad. They're like, they're like, no, a couple things went wrong. It, it wasn't my fault. It was somebody else's fault. Like they don't. There's no. What was I thinking? Where's the self reflection? Yeah. That's what most like normal op- functioning people do. That's how you sort of build relationships. That's how you build trust. All those things. I feel like people at that level that like can go into a room and secure a deal are just. It's like it's like neck delusions of grandeur, like Shane said. Mm-hmm. So that's the official medical diagnosis. <laughs> no, I don't know. But if you're like, a psychologist out there, you let us know what it's actually called. But it's I don't like, think that's a medical term. I'm just so tired because it's Is like it? I keep running into it's all medical. these. It's not medical. It's a term to describe the people though. It's like we keep rewarding like movers and shakers. And it's like, you seen that guy in a room? 
You know, you, there's people like that, that we, you know, we all have had colleagues like this. We've all have people that we know and it's just like, and some of them actually deliver. And then there's ones that are good. You know, we mentioned the nut. The nut has, has positive qualities where he can get things done and he does believe in them and he's been successful at what he does. And I honestly think if something didn't work out, he would take that very heavily. You know, I think that's what makes him a human being. There's other personality types that it's like everything, you know, Unzi mentioned schemers hanging out at WeWork. We all know the personality type. It's like this week it's condos. Next week it's like car paint. And then the weekend and after that, it's balloons or some bullshit. I, I obviously made up balloons as a, uh, as, as a hypothetical. Unless you're interested and you have money and you listen to this podcast, do I have a product for you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm well, you know, it's funny. Um, he was able to convince these really wealthy billionaires to like invest in his company. Sure. But then I also found it interesting that towards the end, he goes out to Silicon Valley to try to get money. And like, he asked Apple for some money. Apple's like, uh, no, thanks. And they asked Google for some money. Google's like, uh, no, thanks. So as I thought the piece was interesting because it's like someone really smart like J, uh, Jamie Dimon who runs JP Morgan Chase I think like loved the guy and gave him a lot of money and seemed to and got duped by him I guess whereas other people were like uh, this guy's totally full of shit and no we don't want to have anything to do with you and he just like he, he had issues with like the way that the business operations went with the leases and the people that they would rent the WeWork spaces to like he didn't deal with details and didn't care to deal with details yeah. so like he had a great idea that either was worth 40 billion for real or he was lying or you know what I mean? Or they misrepresented its actual earning potential, and then you keep borrowing against that. That's how all these assholes end up like fucking ruining the housing market. It's like all just a, a pyramid scheme. It just keep you keep borrowing against the value of something. But if you inflate the value of something, of course you can get a loan from a bank. But if it worked out, it would be fine, right? Like if if all of his ideas, like Steve Jobs, a lot of people said was like this when things weren't working out, or that he wasn't a detail man. He was just a big picture guy, just saying crazy things until it worked out. Then yeah. he was a genius. It's a good question as far as perception. It would seem, and this could be myth building after the fact, that Steve Jobs was a lot more detail oriented as far as like, like um, the way he wanted his product to be presented, and then the people he hired to execute his vision and how. Well, he had very specific ideas, but he didn't necessarily know how to do them. Yeah. Also, I think there's a, it's a funny um, thing like where you compare this guy with the Firefest guy. Where versus Steve Jobs, there's like a level of discipline with Steve Jobs and reckless living at the expense yeah. of the company and the business. That's the problem with this guy. Like when you look at his lifestyle and Fire Guy for that matter, and Firefest, yeah. and then you look at Steve Jobs, you go, okay, yeah, Steve Jobs or, or Bill Gates or any of these guys, it's like they might have had outside pursuits, but I don't think they spent lavishly at the expense of their success or the, the reason people invested in them in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Like this guy's right. personality type seems like the sort of guy that would get 12 million from somebody that's investing on his initial thing, and then he would literally spend nine on himself and three on the actual company. I think just because he had blind faith that everything was going to be fine the whole right. time and it actually was going to work out. Otherwise, you'd have to be an idiot. I think he might lean more that way. Okay. But you can still be ignorant and not be a dubious person, right? Yeah, but that's the thing. We keep saying that and it ruins lives, like lots of lives. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. Ignorance can do that. Yeah. But let's let's not assume he's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Like, like maybe I got to read the whole article, yeah. but it yeah. just seemed like he was... Like a dumb guy with crazy ideas. Well, yeah. It's funny, though. I, I always get a kick out of... Uh, oh, I think we're out of this room soon. But um, shit, we got to get to Shane's topic. But um, <laughs> We have like two minutes. <laughs> we're like a minute and 30 seconds. All right, go, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> we really value this segment, though. No, no. I was just... <laughs> I was just wondering, how many uh, times a week do you look at porn, Max? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. 